0: This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. You're listening to Valley Football First and Goal, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference on the lineupmedia.fm network. Now, your host, Kelly Burr. The MVFC First and Gold podcast is back after a couple months hiatus and just in time for spring ball. And I'm excited to welcome in the head coach of the SIU Salukis, Nick Hill. Nick, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: You finished your first season at 4-7, and seven, but more importantly, you won two of your last three games, including a dramatic win in the season finale over then-ranked Western Illinois. How have you managed to carry that momentum not only into winter conditioning but now spring ball?
1: We've learned a lot from, from year one, um, including me as a as a coach. You know, you can tell just us going back, we've we've got six practices in so far and just the difference between year one and year two. Um, but using that momentum, like you said, I mean we can you know, each team meeting we have a different theme and I, I talk to the guys just different situations, but trying to remember what those that feeling was of of winning you know these guys got to learn what it is to win and the feeling of winning what it's like in the locker room you know and uh, sometimes it takes some tough losses to understand you know how tough that feeling is but what a reward it is to win and uh, winners kind of have that in them you know they're chasing that feeling and so it was good to get those wins and we played so many young guys you know 17 true freshmen or redshirt freshmen were playing that last month of the season so for them to get that feeling and to celebrate with their teammates you know that was the last you know Moment we had as a team during the season was that win over Western Illinois. So we they know we've got a lot of work to do, but it's been good to see them take that momentum into the offseason. They Had a really good you know off season program, and then um, starting spring ball, you know we really hit the ground running, and uh, we've had six great practices as far as the the effort and the enthusiasm. So we've got a long way to go, but uh, we've got the right attitudes and we got the right effort.
0: What are your three biggest priorities this spring?
1: I think that number one growing up as a football team is the biggest thing as far as you know situational football you know five of our our losses came where we either had a chance to win it on the last drive or a team winning it against us on the last drive so you know we were in every game but one we fell in the fourth quarter and when you look back at the game that you lose, there's some type of situation in there that we didn't handle right, whether it was just being immature or just you know situational football, how special teams and this play will then affect you know field position and and just being a smart football team. So we've just tried to create as many you know situations in practice, and not only that, but in the film room is teaching these guys the game, and and uh, so that that's a, the biggest thing. Uh, just getting better at our, our technique and be a better fundamental football team. Uh, defensively, we got to take the ball away more. So we've emphasized you know turnovers and turnover circuits and then just tracking everything and creating some competitions in spring as far as we've got we've to create some more turnovers. Um, so those are the, the big areas. On offense, we've got to be able to run the football better. And, and be able to control the ball. You know, we, we do go fast and we're up-tempo. But then again, to, to win a, a championship and go long, a long way in the playoffs, my belief is, you know, you're gonna have to run the football. You gotta play good defense. So there's a mixture of things. That, the biggest thing, that, the exciting thing that I see as the head coach when I just sit back and watch our coaches coach is they know their players a lot better this year than last year. You know, last spring we were, you know, guys had been here a couple months, still getting to know their players, their position, um, a defense learning a new offense. I mean, a a new scheme and just, it just, year two has, has been so much easier.
0: How has growing up in the small southern Illinois town of DuCoin, population about 6,100, continued to shape you as a head coach? You know, the areas you recruit, the community service projects your team is active in, and so on.
1: I think it's just, I love Southern Illinois. There's not a, you know, everybody that knows me knows that. It's not something I just say, you know, because I, you know, I'm the head coach here. I'm blessed to have this position. I mean, every day that I come to work, I mean, uh, I think about it, I'm thankful for it. Um, I couldn't think of a better job that I could possibly have right now at 31 years old. So um, I love what the people stand for in Southern Illinois. Um, I know what it's like to grow up here. There's not a better place in the world to to raise your family and and go to school. And um, so, I mean, I love it. And so giving back to those people, going back and, you know young kids that's my background too you know when i were i was in high school or college if you had asked me what i wanted to do i wanted to be a teacher you know i want to be a high school coach and because i like kids elementary education is my my major in special ed so um, i enjoy going back and giving back to the youth in southern illinois Um, i want to see kids from here do well whether that's in uh, sports or whatever it is, it's exciting to always watch kids and people from this region go and have successful careers and and uh, and even staying here. You know, um, I I always encourage people. You know, it's always the thing. You grow up in a small town and it's. I can't wait to get out of here and you know it's boring and all that kind of stuff. But. Um, there's nothing wrong with growing up and, and living in Ducoin or whatever community in Southern Illinois the rest of your life. I mean, it's a, it's a good life to live, and so I'm proud of it, and I like to go out and, and give back and, and try to help this region as much as I can.
0: Recruiting is clearly a passion of yours. You signed 24 freshmen and three JUCO transfers. And the one thing I distinctly remember about your signing day press conference is that you stood up there about 45 minutes or an hour, no notes, no PowerPoint, and went into great detail about each signee and not just their football stats, their families, their interests off the field. What specifically do you enjoy so much about the process?
1: It's, it's one of the reasons why I coach, you know, obviously you coach but being a college football coach is recruiting but I feel like that is as one of the areas that you know uh, is kind of when you get into education you love to get to know kids and you get to um, Get to know people. I feel like I'm a people person and and I, I enjoy recruiting. It's never a grind I enjoy sitting in living rooms and usually You know, they ask a lot of questions, but, you know, if you would ask them, I probably on the other side, you know, probably ask more questions to them as a head coach, because I enjoy getting to know people and where they've been and what the story is on their family and getting to know them. And if you ask anybody on our team, you know, that's my first start of the relationship that's going to go on the rest of our lives. You know, in 10, 15, 20 years, we'll talk about, hey, remember when you came on the recruiting visit and we're still friends as far as our players on our team. Um, you know, it's my passion as people, you know, it's all about relationships, it's all about um, how you treat people and I love the kids on our team and you know the only way to do that and to be invested in their lives is to really know them so it's not just during the recruiting process I mean my door is always open there's kids in and out of my office every single day not only that but I'm I'm going to see them and um, anything that we can do for them is just getting to know the, the kids on your team so that's the first part of it and um, I think that it's not just knowing them, but you got to know their families. And, you know, when you see them in the hallway, you know, asking them about their brother and sister or being invested in them, then they're going to know that you care about them. And then they're going to do whatever you ask them to do. And they're going to play hard and they're going to, you know, be on time and, and, and do, you know, the things that you feel like they should be doing in your program. So that's just my philosophy for really all of our coaches is, you know, treat people right. You know, we have a, um, five things that we really talk about here and the second thing that is our motto is better people make better Salukis and um, you know so just treating people right and getting to know them is, is important.
0: Your former quarterbacks coach at SIU Pat Poor, is back for his second stint with the Salukis now as wide receivers coach. What was that conversation like and how full circle is it for both of you now to be coaching together?
1: It was a pretty short conversation, you know, um, he, it was just an opportunity that a lot of times you don't get to have in the, the coaching profession. I mean, I'm fortunate uh, that he would want to come back here and to, to coach and, and be back here, but he loves this place. Really, everybody that was on that staff that we uh, played for as players, you know, we we're always in contact with, you know, coming from Coach Kills tree, um but they loved that seven years that they were here. I mean, when, they, when you talk to them, that's why this place is a special place. You know, if they look back at all their stops, the most fun I think that they had were their seven years in Carbondale. And, and Coach Poor's family, probably more than any of them, you know, uh, Both of his, his kids um, still live here. Um, in Carbondale, Both of them have jobs here in Southern Illinois. Uh, they still have a house here. It was just a natural fit to come back here. Coach Poor is a ball coach, you know, whether it's Division One, FBS, he's been at every single le- level. Um, from, you know, um, coaching NAIA in Iowa, to Division Two to 1AA, to, you know, the MAC, to being, you know, in the Big Ten. But he loves to coach football. He loves to get in that room and coach the kids. And then when you see him out there on the field, you can when you just watch, you say, I mean, that's a football coach. He enjoys doing what he, he's doing. He's not worried about his paycheck or anything like that. You know he's got a passion for what he does. And so that And, and he's a you know, he's a mentor to me, uh, but he's a friend, and it's been fun to have him. If you get to know him, he's a funny guy and he always keeps things lighthearted and and uh you know he cares about the people around him he's in the business for the right reasons and uh, so he's been a huge bonus for us here
0: reflecting back to your college career at siu you didn't play right away you had the talent but you backed up saluki hall of famer joel samberski and how has that experience now helped you with your current relationship with quarterback sam straw because he largely was in the same situation the last couple of years playing behind mark ianotti and then josh strawn for most of last year
1: i feel like you know one of the reasons coaching the quarterback position is uh, i've been in their shoes you know whether i've had to call somebody in and talk to them about who's starting and who's not starting You know, I've been on both sides of those conversations. Um, Later on in professional football, I've been benched. Um, You know, in pro football, you get called in, you get cut. So every emotion I feel like a quarterback has been in. Uh, I've been in their shoes. I've been in whenever you say you're the starter and play well and do good. And then I've also been the quarterback when things aren't going so good and you lose a couple tough games and everybody wants to talk about the head coach and the quarterback. So um, Sam is, is kind of similar, you know, whenever I came, I've told him the story, you know, multiple times whenever he was sitting back as a backup and I just kept telling him your time's coming. You know but it how you react in these times right now will make who you are and um, you know i played basketball my freshman year then the second year i came here i had to sit out because i transferred and then my third year you know i was joel's backup so it wasn't my fourth year in college until i actually played in a football game uh, a meaningful game but all three of those years were kind of who made me who i am you know you had to always be still confident in yourself. You had to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, You had to outwork people. And you had to to have that confidence about you. And that's the number one thing in in a quarterback uh, that Sam has, is he's confident in himself. And you have to have that. You know, we always, you know, you evaluate quarterbacks and. There's so many you know, quarterback gurus and all that out there and they look good in shorts and a t-shirt and can he throw it and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, you got to find a guy that just has that it and has some um, just moxie to himself. He's got to believe in himself. There's always going to be highs and lows in a quarterback. And so I, whenever Sam did get his opportunity at the end of last year, um, it was – you know, it was fun to watch him, you know, go out there and have some success and win games because I know what he's been through. I've been here since day one that he came on campus and the ups and downs and we haven't been easy on him. You know, we've made him earn everything. We've been tough on him, but that's my philosophy on how you you train and coach a quarterback because that's how Coach Poor and Coach Kill were on me. So uh, it's been fun to watch him.
0: In a day and age where transferring is so prevalent in college football how did you navigate those conversations with sam the past couple years
1: i don't think you can convince a kid to stay you know it i the kids are lying if they don't sit in the dorm room and think about oh man should i transfer and there's days that you probably do and then you come back but the ones that stick it out and especially the ones that i told them Um, that stay here is they're going to win it's going to pay off and um, you know sam did that he didn't take the easy road and hey i'm going to transfer and i haven't got my shot or i've been in two quarterback competitions hadn't went my way so let me go over here and try it out and uh, you know he just stuck with the process he stuck with the program and um, that and and now it's paying off you like to see kids that are that are like that you know that are tough and um, that know that everything's not going to go your way, you know. And we're upfront and honest in all of when we recruit. You know, you can't recruit a kid and say, "Hey, you're going to come here and play." You don't know what's going to happen. You've got to outwork people. Um, you've got to, you know, mentally be pretty tough because I promise you, in your four or five years of college football, there's going to be some ups and downs. There's other good football players on our team, and uh, so you know, Sam you know, did that. And that's what's made him, is going to, you know, that's why it's exciting about his next two years. You never know what's going to happen in these two years. He knows that. But it's made him who he is. It's made him a better man. It's made him a better kid. It's going to make him a better husband and father, and it's going to make him a better, whenever he's talking to his son one day, He's going to be better for it for the things that he went through. Looking back at my situation, I was whenever I was just a little skinny basketball player as a freshman, wanting to play more, and went from averaging almost thirty points a game in high school to averaging two. You know, those you know, calling my mom and dad, and then sitting out, and then being Joel's backup. That's a lot of that's three long years of not doing anything. So, but it made me a better person.
0: My conversation with Nick continues shortly, but if you're enjoying this edition of the MVSC First and Goal, check out all the lineup media group offerings featuring your favorite sports as well as non-sports podcasts too. Now back to the show. Your safeties coach Marty Rogers and yourself go way back to your playing days. And one thing Coach Rogers talked about is how unassuming you are, that if you had your entire staff together in a room, you would never guess that you're the head coach you know that you're a hat backwards plaid shirt wearing kind of guy and you know with power and position a lot of times comes ego so how have you managed to remain so humble
1: my philosophy on life i guess is like i said what basically i'm trying to to implement into this program is just be a good person nothing's given to you you know things happen for a reason, enjoy the people around you and, uh, be a good family man. Uh, that's how I was raised. Probably my time growing up in Du That's, that's how people are in in the town of Du You know, uh, you don't need a lot to be happy. You know, you got your family around you and you got this beautiful area. Uh, you like to hunt and fish. I mean, there's no reason to be, um, you know, some of the people that I, I'm glad they wouldn't say about me is is arrogant, you know? Um, let the things that you do speak for themselves. You know, if people want to talk about you or if you're doing a good job, they'll talk about you and you don't need to tell anybody yourself. So, um, and I think the best leaders, you know, and when you look back, whether it's in politics or, some of our best presidents or you even look back and, you know I'm into reading books and seeing what those those leaders are like you know uh, we just finished a book on like Abe Lincoln you know same type of guy you know he talked about you know leaving and going and and being with his troops and showing them that hey he's just a normal normal person and you can find um, things that you can look at in a lot of past people but I think it's just who I am you know I would be the same person if I was still over at Carbondale High School coaching high school kids you know some days I miss that because I love that job or I love being the offensive coordinator at West Orange High School in Florida I had just as much fun so uh, just because I'm the head coach now at Southern Illinois uh, I'm not going to change who I am so I think that You got to keep things in perspective. At any time, this could be taken away from me. Um, I'm going to enjoy the moment and um, do do the best that I can, but still be the same person.
0: You mentioned the Abe Lincoln book, and what are some other thought leaders that have inspired you? And is that something you and your staff do is have a book club?
1: I don't know if it's the book club, but uh, every off season, we read one book together with our team chaplain, Roger Leip. Um, this year it was Lincoln on leadership. Um, but right now I'm, I'm reading Bill Walsh's, um, uh, The Score Takes Care of Itself. And it's funny, I always take notes and I, you know, when you're reading, and, and actually, you know, one of my old coaches that's a head coach at SEMO right now, Tom Atukowicz, you know, told me a long time ago, in 10 years you're going to be the same person besides the people you meet and the books you read, you know. So go out there and meet people and network and, and read a bunch of books, you know. And that's always stuck with me. Um, but even in Bill Walsh's, you know, book, you, you see, it's funny to look back on teams and your philosophy of ours is, you know, culture wins championships and everybody wants to talk about culture these days. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, people throw that out there, but that you can't just put that on the wall or you can't just say that in a team meeting and say, Hey, we're going to build this culture. It, that culture is every day that you walk in the building, the kids see you and and what you're like. And. Um, you know how you are in practice and are you really genuine and are you saying are you doing what you said in recruiting you know is it really like this that's the culture Um, it's not just saying that it's really doing it and you know looking back it's funny right now when you're reading Bill Walsh's book is like back in the 80s it was the same way you know he had a standard of performance but that was his culture and so um, just looking and finding little things like that You know, um, you know, you think of Bill Walsh and that maybe the, you know, they called him the genius and he's the one of the greatest coaches of all time. But he's kind of an unassuming, you know, laid back, you know, not when he was coaching, but, um, you know, he had this vision of culture and believing in his system and things like that. So I enjoy I enjoy reading that. I enjoy, you know, just looking back on history and seeing, you know how people did different things.
0: If you had a rare day away from football, where would we find you and what would you be doing?
1: You know, like last Sunday, my dad and I um, went fishing, you know, back in DuCoin. We both got bass boats and, uh, you know, it depends on what time of year it was. You know, if it's in the fall, I'd probably be in a deer stand. Uh, if it's in the spring, I'd be fishing somewhere. So. Um, you know, I, I just love the outdoors. You know, my dad got me into that. Uh, we were fortunate to have some land in Duquesne and I grew up with, uh, you know, him and all of his buddies that that's their way of life. You know, we've had a cabin and, um, it's just something that I just, you know, really enjoy. Um, it's something that, you know, when you go out and you're, you're out in the outdoors is just something that I just truly enjoy. I I enjoy hunting, I enjoy fishing, I enjoy the relationships you make. So I've had a couple good days too, so I'll have to show you some pictures of the fish we've been catching. But um, it's, uh, you know, something hopefully I can do with my kids too, but it's always just been a, a passion of mine.
0: Your daughter, Skylar Jo, just turned one and recently started walking. And you are like a father to 100 young men, but how has being a dad to your little girl changed you?
1: Yeah, it's definitely the uh, the best thing that's ever happened to me. You always hear that and you kind of are like, yeah, you know, I'm sure. But it really is, you know, uh, there's not a better feeling whenever... You know, I enjoy getting her out of, of bed in the mornings, you know, and when somebody can look at you and know that, hey, you know, uh, especially whenever she recognize, hey, that's dad, you know, and so um, it's, uh, it's a different feeling, and, but it's uh, the most important thing to me. You know, I continue to always say that, you know, I'm going to always be uh, the best husband that I can be, the best father. If ever this job would try to take away that, then I would I would retire in a heartbeat. Um, I truly believe you can be a Division One head coach and you can keep your um, core values intact, and you can have a family life, and you can do things right. You can still win a ton of games, and you can be prepared. You got to outwork people, you got to be smart. But there's a you know family comes first. Our entire staff knows that. We have a ton of young kids. I never want them to have to miss. Uh, if there's an upward basketball game going on and Coach Rogers, you know, then scheduling your meetings a little different, you know what I mean? But you got to go watch, you know, your son go play basketball because I'm going to be doing that with Skyler. So uh, it's just been fun. I have an a amazing wife, you know, in this profession. I've learned that, that it's a family, you know, commitment and because uh, you are gone a lot it's fun to see you know her being one and and um, the future and but couldn't do it without a, an awesome a wife because um, i definitely don't do as much as her
0: so your former college coach and one of your mentors jerry kill surprised a lot of people by taking the offensive coordinator position at rutgers recently were you surprised that he got back into college coaching
1: I wasn't surprised he went back to coaching. Um, You know, I was surprised whenever I heard and, you know, not where he was going, but um, the timing, you know. We spent a lot of time together last spring and still talk. And, I mean, he's a football coach, and he's got to do what makes him happy, you know. And he's always, you know, Coach Kill's going to do – what you know, he wants to do what drives him. That's his passion. It's not about money. Same thing. I mean, it really his entire coaching tree is like that, uh, like Coach Poor here, you know. Um, and I'm happy for him because he's happy. You know, he's out there. I, I saw a video of him doing winter conditioning, and he's diving on the ground and rolling around, and the players are jumping up and down. And um, I think that there's some excitement to him going back, you know, it's been like 20 something years and since he was an offensive coordinator at Pitt State where he's not been the head coach. So, um, of course, we're always, you know, um, you know, concerned or, or watching his health, you know, but Rebecca, you know, knows Coach Kill better than anybody. And um, she's, she's not gonna let him do anything that, um, he shouldn't be doing. So I'm happy for him. I can tell that that's what he wants to be and that, or where he wants to be and coaching kids. He loves kids. I mean, that's what he missed the most. You can go around and you can clinic and you can sit in here, but when you don't have that position group or you don't have that team or, Hey, that's my guy. That's what he missed the most. So I'm happy that he's got that back.
0: During the offseason, a lot of coaches and their staffs go and visit other programs and learn from them. You know, you mentioned Tracy Clays, the former Minnesota coach, is here in the office this week. Do you and your staff have plans to go visit other programs or do you plan to have other coaches come in and host them?
1: I feel like, um, you know, this off season, we didn't really um, go one specific place. You know, we all have our mentors that we're going to call and, and and talk to. And then, you know, in the, the clinics um, or, you know, conventions are a good time to get together and talk to people. Uh, we've brought in some different people where staffs have came here, which is really a, a good time to as well. You know, Coach Clays is here. Um, you know, coach kill last spring spent a ton of time, um, here. So, and then, you know, in May and April and May spring recruiting, you know, I use all the days that I can when I'm on the road. Um, in the summertime, I always try to, to get out and, um, and see some people. Uh, it's a good time too. I feel like, um, you know, the NFL is a different game. But the off season is a good time to, to watch some things in the NFL and kinda of see what they're they're doing or um, so some of my connections in the NFL as far as going and, and seeing some OTAs, whether it's back up with the Packers or You know, my quarterback coach with the Packers, Ben McAdoo, is the head coach of the New York Giants now. So I've been wanting to try to get out there. It's hard to just find a, you know, time. You got to, you know, so um, we'll go somewhere. And so we're all all our defensive staff. But it's always nice when someone like Coach Clays will come here and just, you know, people pay a lot of money to go to clinics. and um, But when you got guys and friends that just come in here and basically it's like a two-day – all day clinic. It's a good time and um, share ideas. And um, you're you're always constantly learning. If you're not, then you're going to fall behind.
0: For the last couple of questions, we're going to go rapid fire. Favorite moment from last year?
1: Favorite moment? Um, probably the you know the the South Dakota win um, was was getting that first you know league win. Uh, because it kind of showed the perseverance of that team, you know. Um, I know what we believe in is looking back in three or four years when we do win a championship, those are one of the moments that we'll look back on that, you know, I, I don't know. I think we lost our first five league games. Um And So in South Dakota was still had a chance at the playoffs. They'd beaten a couple of really good teams and um, to get that win against a good team after you've lost five But you've started a new quarterback and they just believed in the process. We didn't change anything We didn't change practice schedule or anything like that. We stuck to the plan and it kind of you know, prove that, hey, yeah, you you know, you're doing it right. You've got to just stick to the plan and keep doing things. And then really those last three weeks uh, where we played our best football is uh, probably the the best moment.
0: The play call you wish you could have back.
1: Ooh. Uh, I don't know. I guess probably one of those those games that we didn't go down and win. You know, South Dakota State, you know, we've got the ball – and we're down by six, and so if we go down and score, uh, we can win the game. Um, There's always six or seven play calls in the game that you look back on, but there was a couple there that you felt like, man, if we would have just put them in a better spot or, you know, look back and called one on that last drive at South Dakota State um, to try to go down and win that one, that would have been a big one because they obviously were a really good team, won our league, so. Um, probably during that drive at some point, maybe one.
0: You're welcome to coaching moment.
1: Well, I think probably welcome to the Missouri Valley, lose your first five games. Uh, but you know, like I said, I mean, you're, that's kind of our, my philosophy on life is everything happens for a reason. Um, I would have regrets if I knew that we didn't do things right or we weren't preparing right or... Uh, but we're not we know that uh, that things take time and uh, but you learn a lot you know quickly some people you know maybe if we would have went you know deep in the playoffs and had an unbelievable s- season I would have been blinded by some things later in my coaching career because I've thought things were too easy but I know that it's a it's a lot of work and, and preparation and even going back to uh, you know, Bill Walsh's book, or, you know, last on Tuesday or Monday um, at our team meeting, I showed the guys a 15-minute clip of the team meeting was 15 minutes, and it was really the last series of plays from the 2014 Super Bowl with Malcolm Butler picking off the pass against the Seahawks. But everybody's mic'd up, and for them to, to see that, Practice wins games. I mean, this is the the biggest game of these people's lives It's prat and but then they go back and show that they had worked on that play in practice multiple times and just the conversations on the sideline of the best players in the world you know not panicking and just making them snap it again and believing in each other and just knowing that preparation is what's gonna win. And so, um, you know, doing everything right, having a plan for everything. So I've learned a lot, but that was probably, you know, this is a tough league and it, it'll wake you up in a hurry.
0: What advice would second year head coach Nick Hill have for first year head coach Nick Hill?
1: I think the one of the biggest things that I've I've learned is, you know, when I first, this time last year, you know, I wanted to do everything and, you know, have my hand in, in everything. And you just don't have enough time. And when you become the head coach, you've got a lot of other duties that you don't think about when you're just the offensive coordinator and is, is trusting the good coaches around you. Not that I didn't last year, but being able to, to say no to some things that you can't do. And then also knowing your strengths of your coaches, and delegating things so you can get really good. And so um, I've done that this spring, is Coach Van Dam has called the whole offense, and um, I think it's been good to, to work. Coach Van Dam's an awesome coach, and um, you know, merging for an entire year, we know what it, we, we wanna do, and what my philosophies are and how I want it to look. And he's got his own wrinkles on things, and which is good. Uh, But being able to step back and be the head coach and be over in the defense and, um, you know, do different things that just to so you're not just totally consumed in one area, I would say that would be the thing that I would see different from last year.
0: One word to describe the state of Saluki football.
1: Excited. You know, I'm I'm excited. I'm more excited right now because I know what it can be. Um... You know, it's a challenging league. I think sometimes you get caught, maybe it's because I, I'm young and we are confident around here, um, but it's going to happen, you know. You just stick to the plan. Uh, we've got a lot of good people in this program. You know, it takes a lot of hard work. There's no shortcuts to the top, And uh, but everybody is excited about the kids that are in here, the things that we're doing off the field, in the classroom. And, you know, like we've kind of talked about, the score will take care of itself at the end when you start doing things right. So we're excited to get back out there. And, um, you know, it's the fall still a little ways away, and we enjoy each part of the year, the process. That's the thing that I've, you know, I really like about college football is each, you know, few months is kind of a different cycle. And we're in spring ball, and we got to enjoy the heck out of that and get better and then the summertime for camps and recruiting and that's a big thing and then training camp and then the season so um, everything you can't look too far ahead you just got to stay in the moment and get better and do your job in each little part
0: this was fun
1: yeah thanks for having me
0: and if you like what you heard from siu head coach nick hill and our mvfc first and gold podcast be sure to subscribe and don't forget to check out our many other offerings on lineup media group including some of the newest shows, the 11th Inning Stretch, as well as the Drop podcast. Head to lineupmedia.fm for more info or to subscribe. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Tune in next week for another episode of Valley Football First and Goal with Kelly Bird, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference only on the lineupmedia.fm network. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere you get your podcasts. This podcast was a presentation of LightUpMedia.fm.